Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. And welcome to episode number 47 of the Radio Network's uh, <clears throat> Pop Culture Review Show. This is WCWS Outside the Ropes. I'm, of course, Mr. WCWS, Chad Hinshaw, back on the line here with you. As, of course, tonight we bring you some stories, <clears throat> of course, like I said, off the pop culture scene, uh, movies, music, sports, you name it. We'll definitely have several things to talk about here tonight. Of course, you're joining me to help me do so. As, uh, as we always say, call the action, as they always say. The Iceman himself, J.D. here, did you all know, of course, J.D., the 2015 and 2017 WWS Hall of Famer, <clears throat> and, of course, also the host, one of the hosts behind WWS Raw Radio, of course, every Monday afternoon right here on TalkShoot.com. Let's go ahead and bring him in here right now. J.D., welcome to number 47 of Outside the Ropes. We're here in midweek, however, and as you would expect, Howard, it's been a crazy week, too. It has indeed, 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 and of course we'll do. We'll bring some of that craziness to the table here, so we can try to straighten out a little bit of it here and there. Of course, tonight, like I said, we'll be bringing you some 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 stories coming out of, uh, of course, through our friends at 411 Mania. We'll definitely read two or three stories off of that. Plus, JD will bring in bring in something to the table here as well, and then of course we're going to put JD back on the old hot seat one more time for some uh, interesting movie trivia. Try to pick up the Iceman's brain a little bit. Make sure it's it's not frozen, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. And because he's called the Iceman, does not mean he's frozen. There's no way. No, 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 no. Uh, but, of course, if you want to chime in on anything we have to talk about here tonight, please feel free to give us a call. As always, the magic phone number here, 1-724-444-7444. Call ID 141-387-POUND. And press that one if you want to chime in on anything that we have to talk about here tonight on Outside the Ropes, number 47. Let's go ahead and dive right on into it here and see what 4 Mania has for us here tonight. Uh, first off, coming from uh, Joseph Lee at 4 Mania. Uh, the infamous dinosaur Rexy will return for Jurassic World 2. And let's see what Joseph Lee has written about this story right here. In a post on Twitter, Jurassic World director and the writer-producer of its sequel, Colin Trevor Rowe, I guess how you pronounce it, revealed that Rexy, the T-Rex from the original Jurassic Park, will re- would return for Jurassic World 2. She was part of the show season finale when she teamed up with a rapper to take down the Indominus Rex. Uh, and 
one second here, folks. Uh, I have to take care of something. I'll finish the story in a moment, too. Uh, J.D., go ahead and start finish off with something. I'll be right back. Okay. Well, as uh, Chad Chad said, ladies and gentlemen, of course, we got a lot to talk about tonight. Let's get into some of the big news this week, of course. As you know, here are your top ten movies of the week. The Boss Baby debuted, however, to number one around the world, however, and around the U.S. this week to a paltry 50.1 million. Meanwhile, Beauty and the Beast took a hit this week, dropping only one spot to number two at 45.4 million. But so far, in three weeks, on a $160 million budget, it has grossed over $393.3 million, making it a very, very big success, to say the least. Ghost in the Shell, Scarlett Johansson, debuted to lukewarm reviews at $18.6 million, however. Power Rangers, of course, in its second week dropped two spots, however, finishing from second to fourth this week with $14.2 million. And Kong Skull Island dropped two spots from third to fifth. Kong so far has made $146.7.6 million in less than a month. $65 million Power Rangers has made in two weeks, however, in more ways than one. The big disappointment, however, meanwhile, however, mind you, the other newbie this week that came out, besides the two I've mentioned, was the Zookeeper's Wife, which debuted to a paltry $3.3 million and finished in the number 10 spot. And Chips, and in just the second week, took a major hit, however, dropping down all the way to ninth place, dropping 50% in ticket sales this week, as it only finished at $4 million. So far... It has only made $14.2 million in just two weeks and could be the biggest box office bomb of the week and maybe in so far this year. Now, movies coming out this week, however, new movies coming out, uh, excuse me, this week, however, mind you, here is what will be opening up in new, uh, movie theaters uh, coming up this week. Uh, if I can just get it here, just bear with me, folks, however. Uh, movies uh, coming out this week. Uh, new movies. Uh, I can't say it. I'm tongue-tied here, people, so bear with me, however. Uh, movies coming out this week, however, include the following. Uh, of course, as you know, uh, um, where I just saw it a second. I just saw it a second ago, folks, so bear with me. I know The Smurfs is coming out this week. I do know that. The Smurfs is coming out this week. In fact, here are the movies coming out this week, however. Going in style with Alan Arkin, Michael Caine, and of course, uh, Michael Caine, Alan Arkin, and Morgan Freeman will be coming out this week to some pretty good reviews, I would imagine. Smurfs The Lost Village will be also coming out. Uh, also this weekend, however, in limited roles include Colossal, uh, starring Anne Hathaway, I believe. In fact, I'm checking on that, however, right now. How I guess Anne Hathaway stars in this action-adventure comedy. That'll be in limited roles, however, this week, however. But uh, let's see, The Case for Christ will be coming out this week, however, mind you. And, of course, uh, that'll be coming out this week, however, as well. But the two big movies this week, however, that could maybe uh, give The Boss Baby some competition, obviously, is The Lost Village and Going in Style. So be sure to check those out this week. Uh, some other news to report, however, ladies and gentlemen, of course, for you golf fiends out there, the par 3 competition at the Masters was canceled today due to rain, however, needless to say, and as a result, however, the first uh, uh, round of the Masters will be getting underway tomorrow morning. There will be an emotional morning, you can imagine, however, mind you, however, as uh, apparently it will not be the same without the great Arnold Palmer hitting the opening ceremonial tee shot with his two friends, Gary Player and Jack Nicklaus. Palmer passed away, as you know, last fall. Meanwhile, some news about Augusta, however, on the other hand, despite the fact it was a somewhat quiet day, however, at the Masters, however, mind you, we understand that Dustin Johnson is set to be honored tonight by the Golf Writers Association of America, but will not be attending due to a fall that he occurred earlier today at his Augusta, Georgia residence. According to reports, Johnson took a serious fall on a staircase and injured his lower back shortly before 2 o'clock this afternoon. David Winkle, his manager, said that Johnson fell on the stairs, however, and despite the fact that he will be playing, however, in the last group of the opening round with Bubba Watson and Jimmy Walker, however, and favored to win the green jacket this week, however, 
has gone from an 11 to favorite, excuse me, an 11 to 2 favorite in Vegas now to 6 to 1, tying Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy. His agent just said a short time ago, he landed very hard on his lower back and is now taking it easy, although quite uncomfortable. He will be icing his back throughout the night, and we'll see what looks like tomorrow morning. As of right now, he says that he will be taking it easy the rest of the night, and he'll see how he feels tomorrow morning. Well, this would be a shocking turn of events, however, to say the least, if Dustin Johnson cannot go, considering the fact that he has been playing some phenomenal golf within the past few months, however. As a result, however, if Johnson cannot go, however, and believe it or not, however, this is my pick to win the Masters, however, I can now say it could change suddenly with possibly the chances of Roy McIlroy maybe finally winning a green jacket after falling short of that feat a few years ago, or it could be Bubba Watson winning his green jacket, or even Phil Mickelson taking another jacket. The other news of Augusta, of course, coming out from Magnolia Lane and Bobby Jones Boulevard was the Champions Dinner on Tuesday night, where Danny Willett hosted the Champions Dinner, and I believe it was an English theme, if I'm not mistaken. I believe they served fish and chips, among other things, however, uh, there last night at the Champions Dinner there at Augusta National. Now, we will keep you up to date with Johnson's status, however, at this point, however, and as of now, we do not know anything else. Meanwhile, speaking of injuries and health issues, however, here in Pittsburgh, you hockey fans, however, Chris Letang will not be playing uh, for the Pittsburgh Penguins the rest of the year and will be out for the next six months due to a severe injury. As a result, however... He found out his fate earlier today after we've been trying to find out for the past month what it was. Earlier today, it was found out that Chris Letang has a herniated disc in his neck. His neck now. As a result, however, he will now miss four to six months, however. And as a result, will be returning to training camp possibly later on uh, this year, or should I say early next year. He has not played since early February, however, due to the injury. At that time, he had an MRI done about two weeks later, or less than a week and a half ago, which revealed the injury. But doctors thought Latang would be able to be okay, however, and return to the lineup with the playoffs just around the corner. Unfortunately, now that is not going to be the case. Meanwhile, the Penguins also announced today that Trevor Daly and Ole Mata, some of their injured players, however, did practice with the team and could be back in the lineup maybe either this weekend, however, for their final games of the regular season, or could be back in time for the playoffs, which start next week. So, unfortunately, the Penguins, despite the fact that they are defending the Lord Stanley's Cup in their hands, however, beginning here in the next week, week and a half hour, they will be without one of the big defensemen in the form of Chris Letang, who will be out for the next four to six months. So, our thoughts and prayers are certainly with Chris Letang, hoping that he recovers quickly. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, excuse me, as we said, however, it was baseball's opening day this week, however, and it was quite an exciting opening day, however, in Major League Baseball. But also, it was the end of the college basketball season. And we want to congratulate the North Carolina Tar Heels and Coach Roy Williams on a superb job this season, however, as they captured the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament title, however, this past Monday night in Glendale, Arizona, beating the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Meanwhile, on Sunday night in Dallas, or excuse me, last night, I think it was last night, or maybe it was Sunday night, I can't remember, the South Carolina Gamecocks, meanwhile, however, who uh, were also in the men's and women's Final Four, took on Mississippi State. Mississippi State, of course, last Friday shocked the world, however, when they ended the UConn Husky and Gino A's. Gino, I, I always fudge his name up, so bear with me with his name, last name, people. I always get his last name wrong. Gino Armiera and the UConn Lady Huskies. Of course, last week, Mississippi State pulled off the upset of upsets in women's basketball by denying UConn a pitcher-perfect season and keeping their streak going at 111. As a result, Mississippi State did go on to uh, advance to the championship ball game, however, mind you, the other night, however, against uh, South Carolina. And as a result, however, Mississippi State, however, mind you, was, I believe, uh, let's see here, I'm just I'm just trying to find the story here. Bear with me here, folks. Uh, they did play, however, um, like I said, however, uh, where is it? I just saw it. However, uh, they did play South Carolina. Actually, South Carolina did win. My mistake, folks. South Carolina did win the championship ball game. So, congratulations to the South Carolina Lady Gamecocks, who of course defeated Stanford on Friday night in the semi, 62-53, and then beat Mississippi State in the championship in front of 19,229. However, 
of the championship, however, uh, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, uh, on Sunday night. So uh, congratulations to them. Um, Also, ladies and gentlemen, as I said, however, congratulations uh, to the uh, – North Carolina Tar Heels, who defeated Oregon in the semis in a close, very thrilling game, and then, of course, the Oregon Ducks to capture the championship. So Don Staley, the coach of the South Carolina Gamecocks, became the first ever, I believe, coach and player to win a championship as a player and coach. I'm not mistaken. I think that's what I heard. Uh, Don Staley, of course, is the coach of your South Carolina school, of course. She was named coach of the uh, U.S. national team a month ago, and she's been with the program, however, believe it or not. Uh, believe it or not, however, she actually played four years uh, as far as uh, basketball goes, however, at the University of Virginia back in the late 80s, early 90s, and, of course, has been a coach since uh, 2008 with South Carolina, so congratulations to her. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, okay. Thank you very much, sir, AD. That's the way we're for this second. Uh, thank you very much for bringing this update on some couple other little things there. Very good, very good. But go ahead and finish off the story here about the uh, the finally the dinosaur from the original Jurassic Park will return for Jurassic World Two. Uh, the uh, <clears throat> let me see. Uh, the writer producer of the sequel to, uh, of course, Jurassic World Two. Uh, wrote this on on his Twitter account, confirmed, tell her when she wakes up. <laughs> so this was at four this was uh actually uh Monday afternoon at around four fifteen when this Twitter came out. So uh <clears throat> it seems to imply that the film will take place at least in part on Island Nublar. It's also possible that the dinosaurs have somehow moved from that island to a different location. It will be directed by J.A. Bayona and stars, of course, Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, Toby Jones, Justice Smith, Rafe Spall, Ted Levine, Daniela Panetta, Geraldine Chaplin, and James Cromwell. And it is currently filming, and of course, it's supposed to open on June 22nd of next year. Huh. Well, Chris Pratt's going to gonna be a very busy guy, it seems like, in the next year, because you've got this, and of course, coming up. Obviously, within the next two or three weeks, of course, you're going to have uh, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, 2 coming out, which more and more is getting uh, my uh, excitement level at an all-time high because, I mean, the first one was good, as we all know, and, of course, everyone's back together again for the second one, and this one should be a very, very entertaining one. And one of the first few big hits of the summer, the other one's coming out, of course, Wonder Woman, Pirates of the Caribbean 5, among others. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'll bring a couple more stories, but i got... Step out, forgive me, I step out there again for just a minute. Uh, anything you wish to say, uh, J.D., please go ahead and, and do so. I'll return here again shortly. All right. Well, tonight is, uh, uh, in case you're wondering, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have a lot to talk about after what happened on last night's SmackDown. Be sure to check it out at 9 o'clock with Revolution. The caller ID is one three eight zero five five pound Join Mr. WCW, myself, uh, John Gross, the human suplex machine, the Black Widow herself, and King Interviewer, George Middle-Well, as well as the rest of the gang, on what should be an action-packed night. And then, of course, at 8 o'clock, you can join Gerard, myself, and Michelle at the debate table, 139925-pound. Tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, at 7 p.m., we have your best uh, Thursday night, uh, two for Thursday, as we like to say every Thursday, ladies and gentlemen, and we don't sugarcoat it by any means. We start the fun, of course, first off with Top Heel, Inc., beginning at 7 p.m. The caller ID is 1405. And then, of course, Wolfpack Radio, the howlingly good show that is always full of, well, let's just say funny moments, great moments, and bittersweet moments. Be sure to check us out at 9 o'clock, just after 9, as we will have your news and dates, of course, as always. And, of course, the best damn Thursday night, uh, Wolfpack howlingly good show. And, of course, that gets underway just after 9. The caller ID is 138521-POUND. Now, speaking of SmackDown... Ladies and gentlemen, I know we usually don't talk wrestling a whole heck of a lot, but one of the things we will talk about, obviously, tonight on, I'm sure, the debate, and I'm sure also on Revolution, is the debut of some of the NXT talent. And in case you've been under a rock the last 48, 72 hours, let us catch you up to speed right now. As you know, the other night, ladies and gentlemen, on Monday Night Raw, however, live from the... uh, Amway Center in Orlando, Florida. It was a very, very interesting night, of course. We saw the debut, of course, of Dash and Dawson, the revival, if you will, make an impact on Monday Night Raw. 
as they faced off with the New Day. We also saw, believe it or not, the return of the Demon King, the former NXT World Champion, Finn Balor. We also saw, believe it or not, however, a lot of intensity. Let's just say, no pun intended, of what went down with the crowd, as the crowd was a little hostile and a little rambunctious, or a little, let's just say, uh, out of hand, if you will. Well, last night, ladies and gentlemen, of course, they returned to the Amway Center, the same venue that, of course, hosted Monday Night Raw, as well as the Hall of Fame and NXT TakeOver Friday night, Saturday night, of course. And we saw the debut of the Perfect Ten. Yes, folks, it's 10-10-10-10, as we like to say, Howard. Did I say 10? Oh, yeah, I'll say 10 one more time. The reason why is because apparently we saw the debut of the Perfect Ten, Ty Dillinger, make his WWE SmackDown and WWE main roster debut last night against Kurt Hawkins. But that wasn't the only debut, and as you heard in the theme tonight, however, from our own WCW headman himself, Mr. Chad Hinshaw, at the beginning of the show here tonight, we heard the violins being strung, and you're asking, what was that theme? Well, we'll tell you what it was. It was the former NXT two-time champion, the King of Strong Style, Shinsuke Nakamura. Yes, folks, Shinsuke Nakamura shocked everyone last night, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, however, by making an impact, however, his first night in, however, and boy, howdy, did he ever make an impact. And as a result, however, he made his main roster debut last night, folks. It was it was a very interesting night, if you will. And I think a lot of people had their own opinions about that last night. So we want to congratulate both Shinsuke Nakamura and also his uh, fellow NXT mate, if you will, the Perfect Ten, Ty Dillinger, for making their main roster debuts last night. Now, coming up, as you know, this week, ladies and gentlemen, officially this coming week, however, on Monday night, live from Long Island, in the Long Island Nassau, in the in the Nassau Coliseum, which originally, however, was closed for a few years because apparently of uh, some issues and other things, however, is going to be reopened to the public for the first time since uh, closing down a few years ago, this coming Monday. And you're thinking, is it the same venue? Is it a brand new venue? Well, folks, I can honestly tell you firsthand, however, it is going to be very, very interesting what kind of venue it'll be because coming up this Monday night, ladies and gentlemen, it'll be a superstar shakeup as Vince McMahon, let's just say, however, according to him, however, ladies and gentlemen, and that promises to be a very interesting encounter when the GMs of both Raw and SmackDown, Daniel Bryan and Kurt Angle will be confronting one another as we could see some trades, we could see some uh, draft things happen. Nevertheless, we will be keeping you up to date with this story as that will be coming up this Monday night, ladies and gentlemen, on Monday Night Raw. So, folks, it is going to be a wild and crazy night, you can imagine, however, this coming week, however, as they will be live from Long Island, New York, this coming Monday night, the home of Mick Foley, if you will, as Monday Night Raw returns to the island, Long Island to be exact, in more ways than one. So it's going to be a lot of fun this coming week. Then on Tuesday, of course, they will head off to Boston. And then the following week, I was, I'm looking here at the calendar here. So if I can pull up the calendar here just for a brief second before we turn it back over to Chad. Uh, we are looking right now that this coming, uh, let's see here. I'm looking right now here. Bear with me here, folks. Uh, they will be doing a thing uh, this coming, uh, yes, next Tuesday. They will be at the TD Garden back in Boston, which is very exciting. And then, of course, the following Monday, ladies and gentlemen, Monday, April 17th, the day after Easter, they will be live in Columbus, Ohio, returning to the Sean Steen Center for the first time since December. And then December, or excuse me, not December, April 18th, ladies and gentlemen, they will be returning to Louisville, Kentucky, into the KFC Yum Center. Now, for you uh, wrestling uh, autograph seekers, this coming Friday and Saturday in Dubai at the World Trade Center at the Middle East Film and Comic Con, meet Superstar Kane at 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And on Saturday, I know this is going to make Michelle very happy. Howard, at America Center at the Wizard World Comic Con in St. Louis from 1 to 4 o'clock, meet the new world's champion, the Viper, Randy Orton, who will be signing autographs from 1 to 4 p.m. as WWE will be doing, I believe, a show that night in uh, St. Louis, if I'm not mistaken here. I'm just double-checking here if they are. I don't believe they are, but uh, I'll have to double-check. Also, ladies and gentlemen, this Saturday, however, for you NXT fans, however, in the Chicago area, ladies and gentlemen, buckle your seatbelts and get ready to hear the big news. Yes, folks, Saturday, May 20th, the day before WWE SmackDown Backlash, NXT invades the Windy City in a big-time way, and Chicago will be the place to be. Yes, folks, Chicago will be welcoming the NXT universe into their backyard on May 20th. Tickets go on sale this Saturday morning at 11 o'clock a.m., 
10 a.m. Central Standard Time. So be sure to get your tickets this coming Saturday. Um, yeah. Cool. I think that's all Thank we got you. right now for now. And if I hear anything else, I'll keep you informed. Oh, all right. Thank you very much, there, uh, JD. Uh, very, very good indeed. Very good indeed. Uh, <clears throat> um, let's see here. Oh no. Um, but uh, <clears throat> but we have one more. One more. Uh, like I said. Uh, yeah. There you go. Uh, we have one more story we're going to bring in. Then, of course, we'll go ahead and get JD. We'll go ahead and get the seat all hot for JD as we, of course, test his movie trivia skills, if you will. Yes, sir. One more quick story here off of Fort Leonard Mania, courtesy of Joseph Lee. Amazon and NFL reach a streaming deal for Thursday night football. Hmm. Sports Business Daily reports that Amazon and the NFL have signed a one-year deal, which will see Amazon live stream 10 Thursday night football games carried by CBS and NBC. Amazon paid $50 million for the rights, a significantly, a significantly higher purchase than when Twitter paid $10 million last season. Amazon beat Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube to gain the rights. My goodness. This is the biggest deal for Jim Lorenzo since he joined Amazon last March to lead the sports division and acquire live sports rights. Amazon will put the NFL games on their prime video service, something they have been wanting to do. The stream will only be available to subscribers. The NFL previously signed a deal with Amazon for the series All or Nothing from NFL Films. The NFL wanted to finalize this new deal in the spring, so Amazon would have time to sell advertising around it. This will, of course, end Twitter's deal with the NFL. The two parties were happy with the streams, which averaged 265,000 viewers on an average minute basis during the season. Twitter's distribution on connected TVs increased by the NFL gained more younger, 70% under the age of 24, and international, 25% outside the U.S. audience. The move to Amazon is part of a plan that will let digital companies sample its content before 2021 when its media deals expire. Before Twitter, Yahoo had streaming rights. The NFL is using shorter deals on different platforms to understand the current media climate. So Amazon here is going to start... Uh, is going to uh, is going to start streaming some uh, football games carried by carried by two two of the big major networks there. JD, I'll be pretty interesting to see that. If you're It'd be very interesting, and of course, one of the networks earlier this week, of course, picked up uh, Tony Romo, the former Dallas Cowboy quarterback, who will be replacing Phil Sims now at CBS. I'll be very good there as well, indeed. So, but definitely have to be watching that there as well. And of course, we also thank our friends at Four Leather Mania for allowing us. To of course bring in their stories, of course, for Leather Mania, as we always do here. This plug right here, good friends of the Iceman here in the Uwama. Yes, let's go ahead and give you this one more time: one seven two four 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 seventy four forty four. Call ID one four one three eight seven pound. This is episode forty seven of WWS Outside the Ropes. This is also Wednesday, April fifth, two thousand and seventeen. I am Mister W. W. I'll say it in a minute. I am Mr. WWS Chad Hinshaw back on the line here with you alongside the Iceman JD Jared Drama. Now, speaking of JD, let's go ahead and get him in the hot seat here as once again we put him through some more movie trivia questions. Let's see, let's see if he knows this stuff here. Um, and of course, like I said, JD is a smart man, but of course, we have to we we always have to test that theory sometimes. <laughs> And we have heard an update, however, mind you, however, on we did talk about it a little bit on Monday, however, briefly on uh, Raw Radio, but we have heard an update on former Major League Baseball slugger Pedro Guerrero, who was hospitalized late Monday after suffering a massive stroke near his home in Queens. According to his wife, Roxana, who told ESPN he was initially taken to the Jamaica Center Hospital because of his nearby but was then transferred to Lenox Hospital where he had undergone a brain bypass surgery two years ago. He is awake and is talking to family and friends. His wife told ESPN earlier today these comments. It is a miracle that Pedro is alive, completely conscious, and speaking clearly. Two days after the doctor basically declared him brain dead. So uh, that is uh, very uh, surprising news, to say the least. Now, Guerrero, of course, 60, was a five-time All-Star during a 15-year career with the L.A. Dodgers. 
that ran from 1978 to 1992. He batted 300, 215 career home runs and 898 runs batted in. He also shared the World Series MVP award in 81 for Ron the Penguins Say and Steve Yeager after L.A. defeated the Yankees. He also finished among the top five players in the NL MVP on four occasions, 82, 83, 85, and 89. Now, the former player woke up from the coma around 8 o'clock this morning, spoke with relatives, and even received a couple of calls from friends, including one from former Dominican Republic President Leno Fernandez. Asked by a doctor who the president was, Guerrero answered with Fernandez's name, however, mind you. The doctor then clarified to Guerrero that he was asking about the president of the U.S., and Guerrero replied, Trump. Donald Trump is the president. So uh, hopefully he continues to get better in our prayers with the Guerrero family. So that is very, very good news, to say the least. Absolutely. Indeed, indeed, of course. I, and, and, of course, and, and so many sad stories that we bring, we all often have do bring you a, a miracle a miracle story. And this is indeed one of them right there to one of sports' greatest heroes, my personal opinion. Yes, indeed. So let's go ahead and get J.D. right here on the table here. Let's see if we can quiz J.D.'s mind on some movie trivia. Yes. 22 questions here, J.D., so if you're all primed and ready to go. I'm ready to go. Okay. For what film was Tom Cruise accused of having a horrible Irish brogue accent? Was Far it away. Didn't take long for the ice fan here, folks. And the answer is, this direct is Far and Away. In director Ron Howard's period romance Far and Away in 1992, Tom Cruise adopted an unusual Irish rogue accent for his character, which was a poor Irish tenant farmer named Joseph Donnelly. Which actor, which, I'm sorry, let me rephrase it, which film was actor Donald Pleasance's final film in the Halloween series? Halloween 4, 5, Six or H two O twenty years later. I'm gonna say five. You're gonna say five, okay? And the answer is no. It was six. Ooh. Yes, his final film, the Halloween series, in the role of Craze, Doctor Sam Loomis, was in Halloween Six, Curse of Michael Myers, in 1995, because of, of course he passed away in 1995. Yes. What was film made by elusive star Greta Garbo? Was it Anna Karina, Conquest, Nino Kinka, that's how I can pronounce it, or Two-Faced Woman? I'm going to say Anna Karinka. Anna Karina, and nobody was Two-Faced Woman. Whoa, although only 36 years old, Swedish-born star Greta Garbo's last film was the comedy Two-Faced Woman that was made in 1941. It was a box office flop. Huh. She quit the film business, left Hollywood, and was mostly a recluse until her death of natural causes in 1990. Huh. And she's buried in Sweden, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. That sounds right to me, yeah. Uh-huh. What was the, and, of course, her tombstone just has her autograph engraved on it. That's all yeah. it says. What was the first film that cost more than three hundred million, which was not inju- which was not adjusted for inflation? Was it Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, Quantum of Solace, Spider-Man Three, or Superman Returns? I'm going to say Pirates of the Caribbean on this one. Okay, Pirates of the Caribbean. It was Pirates of the Caribbean. Became the most expensive film. And this is this is now called At World's End, by the way. It was put out in 2007. Became the most expensive film ever made, at a budget of 300 million dollars. Other films close to it were the other three films I mentioned. Uh, Superman Returns came in at 270 million because that was released in 06. Spider-Man 3, which was also released in 07, came out with 258 million, and Quantum of Solace which came out in 08, uh, came, um, cost $200 million to make. So, yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean, wow. In the crime film Seven, which is from 1995, which of the legendary Seven Deadly Sins did Detective David Mills, played by Brad Pitt, commit? Was it Envy, Greed, Lust, or Wrath? 
which was there two you said or just one? Which one of the legendary seven? Uh, I'm going to say greed. You're going to say greed. The answer is it was wrath. Oh. When when he saw the severed head of his wife, it was played by Gwyneth Paltrow in a box. He demonstrated wrath against her a murderer, serial killer John Doe, who was played by Kevin Spacey, by shooting him repeatedly. Oof. Yeah. I never saw the movie, so I... It, it's a good movie. It's intense, though. It's really, really graphic, but it's good, though. It's creepy. Some, some of it's real creepy. But. Yeah, but I heard I heard it was, though. I heard it was. Which, which film is considered the first feature-length science fiction film of these four? Excuse me. Was it Elita, High Treason, Metropolis, or Woman in the Moon? Mm, Woman in the Moon, I'll say. Woman in the Moon. The answer was Elita. Elita. It was a silent, propagandistic Soviet sci-fi epic which was put out in 1924. It was also known as Elita, Queen of Mars. At 120 minutes, was both the first big-budget film made in Russia and the first feature late science fiction film about space travel. Huh. Other early silent films included Metropolis, which came out in Germany in 1927, and Woman in the Moon, 1929, also from Germany, and also High Treason, which came out in, from, in Britain in 1929. Huh. Back in the 20s, man. Incredible. What was, okay, out of the following four movies here, what was the first film to cost over two hundred million? Not a not a crap. Excuse me. Not adjusted for inflation to make. Was it The Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, King Kong, Spider Man Two, or Titanic? Uh, Spider Man Two. Spider Man Two. The answer is King Kong. Huh. Titanic was the first film to cost two hundred million. Although although Titanic was the first film to cost $200 million to make. King Kong surpassed that mark at $207 million. Spider-Man 2 equaled the mark at $200 million, while The Chronicles of Narnia came in at $180 million. So, it surpassed it, I think, that same year when it came out, I guess. Yeah. Which actor has the record for the most consecutive Oscar nominations of, the, of these four gentlemen? Marlon Brando, Richard Burton, Russell Crowe, or Spencer Tracy? Marlon Brando. Um, it is, in fact, Brando. He has four consecutive Oscar bids for a streetcar named Desire in 1951, Viva Zapata in 1952, Julius Caesar in 1953, and On the Waterfront in 1954, which he won. Two lead actresses both have five consecutive nominations, Greer Garson from 41 to 45, and Betty Davis from 38 to 42. Huh. Okay. I, I think this one might be kind of easy here. Let's just try this one. Tom, going back to Tom Cruise, what was his feature film debut? Was it Endless Love, The Outsiders, Risky Business, or Taps? Taps, 1981. It was Endless Love. No, the Taps was out that same year. It should have been up there. Hmm. Yeah, well, according, according to AMC, um, so the picture film debut was in the Doom romantic film Endless Love, which was also in 81. Yeah. And a bit well as a character of a school prankster named Billy. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, of course, uh, I was going to say, uh, Taps was the one with Timothy Hunt and George C. Scott, but, of course, that was Endless Love was with the yummy Brooke Shields at the time. Uh, yes, indeed. Na, 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 na. Yeah. Uh, of course, Risky Business. Of course, all, who can remember Risky Business? I have that on DVD, actually. Yeah, Rebecca the Mornay. Rebecca the Mornay. Yeah. That's all you can Ooh. say. Na, 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 na. Yeah, there you go. Motorboat time right there, buddy. Yes. The, 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 the ultimate motorboat right there back then. <laughs> In which horror film was the main character warned, they're all going to laugh at you? Carrie, 1976. Didn't even need to say the choices. It was Carrie. Troubled t- telekinetic teenager Carrie Whitehorse, C.C. Spacex, 
religiously strict mother, Margaret, played by Piper Laurie, threatened they're all going to laugh at you, and she insisted on attending her senior prom. And, of course, it was something, I think, what was it, Punch or something was dumped on her? Jeez. That was John Travolta's first movie, if you remember, along with uh, Amy Irving was in that movie, and of course she later did the remake as the adulterer. Or not the adulterer. Uh, she she redid her character as Sue Snell in the, the uh, newer version, which wasn't Well, she played the mother in that one, though, right? Right, in the re- newer one, version, yes, yes. Right, right, so, so she, 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 she came back to do the newer version of Carrie, but she played yeah. her mother. Her mother, right. Case. Right, okay. Yeah, so apparently that, that that wasn't a bad choice to do that since she yep. knew a whole all about the movie anyway. And so why not? Which legendary star was originally considered for the lead role of the English nanny in Mary Poppins, nineteen sixty four, before Julie Andrews was selected? Was it Audrey Hepburn, Betty Davis, Natalie Wood, or Shirley MacLaine? Hmm, I'm gonna say Audrey Hepburn. Yeah, Audrey Hepburn. It was Betty Davis. Huh. Unbelievably, before Julie Andrews was chosen for the part, legendary actress Betty Davis was seriously considered for the role since in the original Travers novel, Mary Poppins was a middle-aged woman. Angela Lansbury was also considered for the role, as well as Tuesday Weld, who turned down the part. Huh. What was the last Charlie Chaplin film made in the United States? Was it The Great Dictator, A King in New York, Limelight, or Monsieur Verdot? Monsieur Verdot, 1972. Isn't that? Uh, no. It was Limelight. 1952. Yes, yeah, the story of an aging London, London vaudeville comedian played by Chaplin. was Chaplin's last U.S. film. His next one was A King in New York. It was in 1957, which was made in England. Huh. What was it? Okay, what was the first feature-length made-for-cable or made-for-pay-TV movie? Was it Brian's song, The Day After, See How They Run, or The Terry Fox Story? What what was the question again? Sorry. What was the first feature-length made-for-cable or made-for-pay-TV movie? Brian's song. That was Brian's song. It was The Terry Fox Story. Oh, 1983. Robert yeah, the first TV film ever made for a pay TV pay TV cable network was HBO's The Terry Fox Story. Came out in '83, a sports biopic about a Canadian athlete and amputee. The first one made for television was See How They Run back in 1964. Not for HBO. What was the very first black and white feature film to be released to the home video market in 1985? In a colorized version, a controversial, controversial modernizing technique at the time. Was it Is a Wonderful Life, The Outlaw, Topper, or Way Out West? All right, what was the question? I'm sorry, I'm just. What was the very first black and white feature film to be released to the home video market in 1985 in a colorized version? Was it a, which was, what were the choices again? It was a. It was. This is a controversial modernizing technique at the time when they did this. Okay. It was okay. It's you have. It's a Wonderful Life, The Outlaw, Topper, or Way Out West. I'm gonna say it's a Wonderful Life. It was Topper. Topper. In 1937, was the first black and white picture film released colorized in the spring of 1985. Which 1928 George Gershwin symphonic composition? became an Academy Award Best Picture in the 1950s. Was it An American in Paris, Auntie Mame, Gigi, or Moulin Rouge? Gigi. It was An American in Paris. Written in 1928 after Gershwin spent time in Paris, inspired the 1951 film of the same name. You're doing pretty good so far there, J.D. You're doing pretty good. What was, okay, this is going to be pretty interesting here. What was the central? What is the central theme of these four films? Listen to the films carefully. All four of them have the same theme. Listen very carefully. The Lost Weekend from 1945, I'll Cry Tomorrow from 1955, Days of Wine and Roses in 1962, 
and Ironweed from 1987. What was the thing again? What was the question? Sorry. What was the central theme of these four films? Alcoholism. Alcohol, okay. I'll get rid of, I didn't even get, get a chance to give you the choices, but let me just sit here. It was correct. It was alcoholism. Self-destructiveness of alcoholism is the central theme. And even all the way back in the 40s. Wow. Which 1930s film did director Albert Hitchcock remake in the mid-1950s? Was it The Lady Who Vanishes, The Man Who Knew Too Much, Sabotage, or Secret Agent? The Man Who Knew Too Much. That's correct. Uh, this was original was in 1934. Peter Lorre in his first English English language film was remade with Jimmy Stewart and Doris Day as The Man Who Knew Too Much from 1956. Yes, I remember that one. Yeah, that's pretty. Hmm. Which reporter? I'm sorry. Which report? Which performer? Excuse me. My apologies. Received the highest reported fee of ten million dollars at the time for a voiceover role in the sleeper hit, Look Who's Talking, from 1989. Was it Bruce Willis, Bruce Danny Willis. DeVito? Okay. Mikey. Uh, Danny DeVito is the dog in the other movie. It was, it was, in fact, Bruce Willis. He was paid $10 million for his voiceover role as the wisecracking baby Mikey in Look Who's Talking, from 89. Of course, he would do that in all the sequels, too, I think. What was, uh, and this one I think you know quite well, J.D., I won't even need to give you any choices here. What was the hometown of the main character, Rocky Balboa, in the Rocky films? Mm, Philadelphia. Yeah, it was, it was, it was indeed Philadelphia, Rocky Balboa, portrayed by Sylvester Stallone, and all the Rocky films lived in Philadelphia, PA. Well, he just said, he just said also, too, not too long ago, I don't know if you heard or not, Howard, that, uh, he's backing out of, uh, I think the uh, Expandables uh, series now. I think there was talk originally he went, they wanted him to do another role, and now I guess he's uh, backing out of it now. Maybe he's getting a little bit tired. I don't know. Well, maybe he's had too many injuries I mean, to put up with, too. Well, yeah, keep in mind, he's been Rocky, he's been Rambo, he's been by every time under the sun, he's taken a lot of hits. Oh, yeah, big time. But yes, but he's still the man. He's one of, he's one of your top guys, in my opinion. Him and I say him and uh, Bruce Willis and Arnold Schwarzenegger right there, your top three guys, in my opinion. And here, and we'll give one more here to JD before we call it a night here. We're outside the ropes. Cary Grant's last film, Walk Don't Run, from 1966, was a remake of which earlier romantic comedy? Was it The Awful Truth, The More the Merrier, The Talk of the Town, or To Be or Not to Be? The Talk of the Town. It was the more the merrier. Nineteen forty three was the basis for the for walk don't run that was set during the sixty four Tokyo Olympics. Hmm. Very interesting. Uh, you know what? Let's uh, you know what? Let's 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 let's, let's, let's give him one more here. I think just just give him one more. I don't know how far down we've gone. I think we've done almost all of them, but let's go. Let's give him one more here. Which Betty Davis film suffered the most Oscar snubs with nine of them? Was it Dark Victory, The Letter, The Little Foxes, or Now Voyager? I'm going to say Now Voyager. It was The Little Foxes. Huh. 1941, star Betty Davis had nine Oscar nominations and lost every single one of them. Huh. Best Actress went to Joe, Joan Fontaine for Suspicion, and Best Picture and Best Director went to John Ford, <clears throat> went to How Green Was My Valley that year. The Letter, 1940, was a close second, with seven nominations and no wins. Huh. So, uh, oh, okay. You know, I know I keep saying it's going to be the last one, but you know what? I'm going to try. Let's squeeze in one more right here. I I, I can't help it because I, I I like how I like how JD thinks with these questions. I really do. I really do. Which is good, by the way. It's very good. For which film were these three following three cast members nominated for Best Supporting Actor Academy Award? 
The three actors are James Caan, Robert Duvall, and Al Pacino. The Was it the first one or the second one? First or one. Both or none, both or none? The first one. The first Godfather, okay. And he is correct. Three of the ten nominations for The Godfather were in the Best Supporting Actor category for these actors. None of them came away with the Oscar. Joel Gray won for the movie Cabaret. Although the film won three other awards, Best Picture, Best Actor Marlon Brando, and Best Adapted Screenplay. All in all, J.D. did quite well. I think we did saw that. And of course, we always learn something new here every single week when we do these questions. Well, Tom Brando, we all remember he was, uh, if you remember, I think it was in 73, however, that the year he was supposed to win the award, however, he uh, somehow just chose not to uh, accept that award, if you remember. Yes, I do. I do. I do recall that. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, thank you very much, there, uh, JD, and of course, thank you very much for taking part in our in our in our trivia quest here as well. And I see before we leave, we had guest three log into the chat here. Our guest three, I hope you had an opportunity to listen to us here tonight, and uh, we do appreciate you listening in to episode forty-seven of Outside the Ropes here tonight. On that note, here, folks, uh, Outside the Ropes number forty-seven is going to call it a night here. And of course, don't forget here in about uh, thirty minutes. Uh, the Iceman will be back with King NWO and the Black Widow, of course, NWO Madness Kingdom, bring you another episode of WCWS Wrestling Debate. And, of course, I'm sure they'll have a big-time topic to, to, to debate about, which I'm sure Ali will stand from, of course, NXT and WrestleMania from this weekend, and who knows what they'll be talking about. But I'm sure whatever it is, it's going to be explosive and dynamite. And then coming up in an hour and a half at 9 o'clock, of course, 138055 pounds. Of course, <clears throat> the Mothership Broadcast returns to WWS Revolution. Of course, I will be back with everyone, of course, with the remaining minutes of the panel, way too tough to handle, as, of course, Keen W.O. and the Iceman bring you, of course, our wrestling news and views, and the Human Push Machine, John Burst, brings you the wrestling history for today, and, of course, brings you, we'll also be bringing you our thoughts and opinions on last night's SmackDown Live broadcast, which was very, very, which I heard was very good things about it, of course, the aftermath of WrestleMania right there. Feedies on, and of course our live video feed here, the Radio Network Group Tour is right now getting stuff, getting things prepared inside the group WWS Interview Corner for tonight's episode of Revolution. So be sure to join us. Uh, <clears throat> be sure to join us here for that there as well. So for the Iceman JD Jeremy Geronimo, this is Mr. Mr. WWS Chad Hinshaw saying thank you so much for listening in here to us. And we'll talk to you later on with Wrestling Debate here in about 30 minutes and then at 9 o'clock with Revolution. Outside the Ropes is a broadcast of, WW, of the WWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoot.com. Where we're over one year older and continuing to be bolder. The Radio Network continues to be and will forever remain your not only wrestling but red carpet connection as well. J.D., take care. We'll see you, of course, out there on the red carpet as well. As always, here in the radio network, take care of yourselves and each other. And as always, God bless. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.